I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. Do no excuses charter schools merely help students succeed on standardized tests? Or are their students more likely to succeed after they leave school behind? Is it test prep or true learning? Those are among the biggest questions facing the charter school sector in 2016 as it celebrates its 25th birthday. And they're the focus of a new article slated to appear in the winter 2017 issue of Education Next. I'm Marty West, Editor-in-Chief of EdNext, and I'm pleased to be joined today by one of the authors of that article, Blake Heller. Blake is a doctoral student in public policy at Harvard's Kennedy School. His article with Matthew Davis, entitled Raising More Than Test Scores, is available now at educationnext.org. Blake, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Delighted to be here, Marty. Thanks for having me. So let's start out by telling listeners about the setting for your research, the Noble Street Charter School in Chicago. Why did you choose this place to look at? So in 2007, uh, when I began teaching in uh, charter school in Gary, Indiana, uh, in the greater Chicago area, um, I was part of a community of teachers. Uh, and, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, what, what practices uh, we were using in our classrooms that were helping kids learn, um, ways in which we were supported by our administration. Um, and my peers who were working at the Noble Street schools uh, consistently stood out to me uh, as a group of, of teachers and professionals um, who were getting uh, real support from their administration, um, seemed to be using practices uh, and evidence-based policies that were making a real difference in kids' lives. Uh, and so when I moved on to the policy world and began working as a research analyst at uh, the Education Innovation Laboratory uh, here at Harvard, uh, with Dr. Roland Fryer, um, and I saw the work that he was doing there, I said to myself, wow, a lot of these practices that we're talking about uh, in the research context are happening. And they're happening on the south and west side of Chicago uh, at the Noble Street Schools. So tell me exactly what's happening in the Noble Street uh, Schools. What were the practices that so impressed you, and what are the practices that you think are likely to put students on a path to succeed? So I think that maybe the, the easiest way to situate the, the what's going on in the Noble Schools in terms of pedagogy and, and administrative choices is maybe to think about um, kind of the larger literature on uh, charter school effectiveness. Um, and it's kind of broadly aligned to kind of five tenets of, of charter school effectiveness that have been outlined in other studies. Um, one is that their kids and teachers are working a longer day and a longer year. Um, so we see in the uh, sample that we examine here that um, during that period, uh, relative to their peers in Chicago public schools, Noble Street students were attending almost 20% more time in school between longer days and a longer school year. Um, they're getting daily small group instruction that's differentiated. Um, so they're leveraging all of the adults in the building, paraprofessionals and teachers, um, and even administrators um, to, to pull kids into small group, uh, small groups working at their level um, based upon kind of information they gleaned from interim exams. Uh, teachers are collecting data often using interim exams, and they're evaluating whether or not what they've taught has been learned. They're aligning their instruction to kind of um, standards that are agreed upon and a scope and sequence that's agreed upon within the network. Um, teachers are getting frequent feedback from administrators and team leaders. They have weekly PD. They aggressively recruit teachers that have track record of success. Um, and they also, this is harder to measure, but they have a real college-focused atmosphere. Um, college acceptances and applications are celebrated publicly. Um, they get the senior students participate in, uh, I think, a year-long uh, college preparation course. 
Um, and there's a, a real drive among both the students and the administrators uh, to meet their academic potential. Yeah, it's almost as if from your description, the first four factors are really all sort of organized around the fifth, the goal of putting all students on the path to and through college successfully. Absolutely. And it's surprising that we actually don't yet have a lot of very strong evidence on the ability of no excuses schools to actually impact college outcomes for students. Is that right? I think that's right. So while we do have some evidence, certainly, um, we look at evidence from New York and from Boston that points towards uh, a positive impact of, of uh, high-performing charter schools on college enrollments, not just test scores, um, it's far from conclusive. Um, so uh, I think that the contribution that this study makes is showing that um, we see robust, credibly causal effects that persist into the third, fourth, or fifth year of a student's college career um, that impact uh, both the student's uh, enrollment in college. So, you know, it's not like kids are, uh, the, the kids from Noble are enrolling in their first and second year, and then you know, the kids in the control group are catching up in their third, fourth, or fifth year, um, but also in persistence. So we see that kids are staying in college, and they're getting credits. Um, we also see that kids are moving from uh, no college to a four-year college or from a two-year college to a four-year college. Um, and we see that kids moving from less selective to more selective institutions. Um, so they're going to more selective schools. They're going to schools overall at higher rates and they're persisting longer. And so it's sort of that combination of outcomes that provides a very favorable picture with respect to Noble Street. Exactly. And that's what we want, right? We want to see kids not just getting into college because frankly, I mean, you don't know, people could end up in deep debt just by going to college if they're not prepared. But it appears that, at least from the sample we look at, that Noble students are getting there and succeeding. Uh, we unfortunately don't have quite enough power to detect an effect on graduation, and that's something that uh, demands further exploration. So tell me more about exactly where the study was done and how it was done. Why should we should believe the results? My understanding is that you're looking only at the flagship camp campus of the Noble Street Network. Is that right? Exactly. So uh, we look at the cohorts from 2003, 2004, and 2005. So these are um, ninth graders who are randomly lotteried into spots at Noble during those years uh, when Noble was oversubscribed. Um, and we see from this single campus, which admittedly we'd like to see from the, the broader Noble community, but unfortunately as they rapidly expanded, um, the, charter, the charter lotteries were not as binding. So we're not able to get credible causal estimates from later cohorts. Um, hopefully we can go back and look at that at some point. Um, but our, our experimental estimates, our quasi-experimental estimates, are based upon the flagship campus. Um, and we see these robust effects for all three cohorts. They seem to grow with time, although we can't reject the null that they're, the effects are equal for all cohorts. Um, and shortly after those students were admitted, the students in your main study, though Noble Street began expanding rapidly throughout the Chicago area. Is that right? So um, you have a number of additional campuses uh, opening up. Those schools aren't oversubscribed, so you don't have lottery data available for them. But what do you... Can you tell us about the performance of those schools? Yeah, so this is something that's great for kids and uh, <laughs> difficult for researchers. Um, but what we do see is we, we have some non-experimental estimates where we basically plot um, uh, the relationship between incoming test scores. So ninth graders in Chicago take an exam called the Explore. And Chicago Public Schools publishes the school-level results. And so what we can see is that if we plot every school in Chicago, the relationship between um, ninth grade test scores and college enrollment, which is something that CPS has been collecting for the past few years, um, we see a strong positive relationship, unsurprisingly, uh, between uh, these incoming test scores and college enrollment. Now, Noble students are slightly below the district average when they enter high school, according to these test scores. But when we look at the curve, they're far above the, the regression line. So that means that they're outperforming expectations um, in terms of their college enrollment relative to when we control for their 
uh, incoming test scores. By about 18 percentage points, I think you report in the article. So quite dramatically so, right? Quite dramatically. Even just looking at it visually, you see them as kind of outliers above the regression line. So this is evidence is less definitive than your lottery-based work, but at least it provides some encouraging signs that Noble has been able to maintain its level of performance as it's expanded quite rapidly. Yeah, I think that this is suggestive evidence that Noble's model is scalable. I think that you know what they're doing is is not unique to the um, uh, flagship campus, but it seems to be replicated at least in the seven schools we're able to see. Now, you've characterized Noble in our conversation as broadly representative of the no-excuses breed of charter schools, talking about the five elements you did. But one of the things that's relatively unique about it is that it is a standalone high school, and most of these no-excuses networks actually have their origins at the middle school level, and to the extent that they've expanded, you know, they've expanded either down or up from there. Um, Noble's sort of unique in taking students at the high school level. As you say, many of their students are entering beyond, uh, behind other students in Chicago. Why is that important with respect to the study's results? I think that the importance of, of the fact that Noble lottery students in at ninth grade rather than sixth grade or fourth grade or kindergarten um, is that this demonstrates the effectiveness of a relatively late intervention. There's a lot of buzz within academic circle, circles about when is the right time to intervene. Um, and there's a question as to whether it is there ever a, case, a time where it's too late um, to help a kid uh, meet their academic potential? And I think that the, the, the noble schools show that even in high school, we can really turn around a kid's path towards college. And so that would be an interesting finding almost regardless of what the uh, particular intervention under study is. There's not a lot that we've been able to show works when students are fairly far along in their educational careers. Exactly. And I, and I think it's the, the, the combination of being a late intervention that has robust effects that last um, and that appear to be scalable um, begs for the study. I mean, if, if I were um, a principal or a district leader in a, in, a, in a district that was looking for answers, but how do I get my kids on a path towards career success, towards life success? Um, I'd be getting on a plane to Chicago and checking out what's happening in these schools because um, you can I think you can learn a lot more um, walking the halls and visiting the classrooms. Um, than you can just reading the paper, although I would encourage you to read the paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that lots of people do read the paper and that it leads a lot of people to knock on the doors of Noble Street Charter School in Chicago and see what they're doing. My guest today has been Blake Heller, author of Raising More Than Test Scores. His article is available now at educationnext.org. Blake, thanks for taking the time to be here. Oh, thank you very much. You've been listening to the Ednext podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners find us. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org.